Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Uh, the scripture talks about that there is no temptation, trial, or test taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and in that trial, He makes a way of escape. There is a way to overcome in every situation. You may not see it. You may not, it may not appear to be, but there is. There's a way, not just a way to survive, but a way to be completely victorious over the whole thing. Now, faith starts by just believing that that there is a way out. Because the enemy, he keeps trying to convince you that it is absolutely hopeless. There's no use. There's no point in even trying. Just give up. Just quit. Those are lies. I said, those are lies. Everybody said out loud, God, God is, faithful. is faithful. He always, he always gives, me a way. gives me a way. To victory, to victory, a way out, a way, out. A way, through. A way through, a way over, a way, over. A way, to, a way to overcome. Hallelujah. Father, we're, we're looking for it today. We're asking you for the way of victory, the way out, the way of, the, of overcoming and victory. Show it to us in whatever situation anyone is in. Uh, whoever's hearing that, wherever they are in the world, we're asking you to show us this and quicken us and strengthen us to rise up and overcome and come out of the problem in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Just go ahead and say it by faith. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. I, am I am an overcomer. overcomer. That's who you are. That's your... Your spiritual DNA, if you will. You are made to win. You're programmed, if you want to use that word, to win. Because you take after your Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And He is the winner. In Hebrews 3, if you'd look again, we've been talking about this for a while now. Our series we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. He said, verse 7, chapter 3 of Hebrews, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear his voice, don't harden your heart like they did in the day of provocation. Verse 10, I was grieved with that generation and said they always err. They're always making the wrong choice. They're always going the wrong direction in their hearts. They've not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they'll not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God. Verse 14 says, For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. 
Your faith in God will be tried. It will be. Not, not might be. It will be. Just by living down here, right, in this ungodly, curse-filled, uh, demon, disease-infested world, uh, your faith in God is going to be challenged multiple times a day. And throughout life, there will be big challenges here and there. And the thing that will get you through is the right choice. Everybody say choice, choice. choice. Say it out loud. Faith, Faith is, a is a choice. Unbelief, Unbelief is, a choice. is a choice. Trust, Trust is, a choice. is a choice. Doubt, Doubt is, a choice. is a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice that you're in control of making, that I'm in control. And these kind of things, nobody can make that choice for you. Only you can make the choice to trust or not to trust God. And um, you, you'll hear people say things like, well, I'm sorry, I, I just can't believe that. No, you know, I'm an intellectual, whatever. I just can't believe in that. Well, no, you didn't say it right. By, by nature of what faith is, it's not true that you can't believe. You simply are choosing not to. Because faith is not based on what you see or what you understand or reasoning. It's a choice. Faith is the, the substance or ground of things expected or hoped for. It's the evidence of things what? Not seen. Not seen. So when you don't see it, you don't understand it, you haven't experienced it yet, that's where faith comes in. People say, well, seeing is believing. No, absolutely not. You got it totally wrong. No, if you're seeing it, you don't need to believe it. Right? It's after the fact. It's before you see it that you have to choose whether you believe or not. Go with me, if you would, back to number 16. We've been on, um, like we said, this series called Overcoming Unbelief. Uh, we went through the first 10 of these events where that first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of Egyptian bondage, they actually made the wrong choice, failed to believe God. And um, I'll, I'll review just a little bit because I know some folks haven't been with us. Um, and like I said, you can go back to uh, our online where it says, uh, you know, faithschool.org and all the way back to the beginning of this series and then previous ones before that. But we saw at the Red Sea was the first major time in Exodus 14. And they failed the test. They just yielded to panic. They yielded to fear. They blamed Moses. They said, we got to go back to Egypt. And in spite of that, God delivered them. Uh, he didn't do it because of their faith. <laughs> he did it. Uh, one reason he did it is so we'd have it in the Bible to talk about. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. He split the Red Sea. He wanted to show his power and demonstrate. And then, uh, man, you know, they actually got excited a little bit after that. When they saw the Red Sea split and they saw Pharaoh and all his hosts covered with the waves, and they realized, well, they ain't going to hurt us anymore. And they actually were free. 
they sang. Remember, Miriam broke out the tambourine. And man, they, they played the instruments. They shouted. They sang. They had revival <laughs> for three days. <laughs> three days. And they got to Mara, and they're running out of water. And the waters at Mara were bitter, maybe even poisonous. And they completely lost their victory. No more singing. No more tambourine playing. <laughs> and they said, we're all going to die out here. And they murmured and they complained. Everybody say, wrong choice. Wrong, wrong, choice. wrong choice. Could they have done something else? Yes. Help me, class. Yes. Hmm? Somebody said, well, haven't we gone over some of this before? Yeah, and we're going to go over it again, all right? <laughs> well, I'm kind of tired of this unbelief. I hope so. I hope you go get so fed up with unbelief that you say, I never wanted anything to do with that Amen. in my life. Yeah, yeah. So we ain't done. Could they have done something different when they got to the waters of Mara and somebody tasted it and went, oh, man, whew, this, you can't drink this. Well, what are we going to drink? What are we going to drink? You can slide into, well, we told you, Moses, not to bring us out here. What's wrong with you? We're all going to die out here, and where are we going to get any water? Does anybody talk like that or think like that today? Yes. In my, oh, it's all around us. It's all around us. But do they have to think like that? No. Do they? No, they don't. It's a choice. Could they? Let's, let's rewrite this a little bit. Could they have gotten to Mara? And got some water and went, ah, mm, that's not going to work. And so what are we going to do? Well, I tell you what, God's got us this far. Huh? Did you see what he did in Egypt? Huh? I mean, 10 signs and wonders that brought the mightiest empire on the planet to its knees. Do you see how he filled our pockets with gold and silver? Did you see how he healed us and brought us out of there? Did you see what he did just a few days ago at the Red Sea? Huh? Huh? I reckon if he could do that, he can find us some water. Is that right? Or he can get us to the right water. Could you, could you have gone that way? And see, that's faith. You don't have to know all the answers. You just have to make a choice. I'm going to trust God. You can do that right now before we finish the class. Is that right? You can do it right now concerning your body, concerning your finances, concerning your kids, your marriage, whatever it may be. Come on, everybody say it out loud. I choose. I choose. Right now. Right, now. right, here, right here. Today. today. To, trust to trust my God. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful, God. faithful to me. Faithful to he will help me. He will help me. With my body. With my finances, with my family, with my work, He will. He will deliver me. He will provide for me. He will take care of me. I trust my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you mean that, you're making Him smile. You're making Him smile. Because the thing is, He don't have to figure it out. He already had a plan. He already knows. It's already on the way. All he had to do is get you and me to believe it, to agree with it. And all we had to do was choose, make a choice. Now, the thing is, you'll have to make that choice again before the day's out. Is that right? Every day is a new day. 
with new challenges, new needs, new issues. But can you make the right choice every time? And what you can do is you can actually train yourself in faith response. Hmm? So that no matter what comes up or what happens, before you know anything about understanding, your immediate response is faith. What is that? God will help us. Is that right? Yeah, but what about this? What about that? Well, God knows about that. That's no shock to him. That's no surprise to him. Well, yeah, but where in the world? Well, he knows. Right? How in the world? He knows. Right? Yeah, but it's too late. Said who? Said who? Nothing's impossible with him. You, now, you've got you to be ready for this. You will annoy unbelievers. <laughs> they will call you what? A Pollyanna? Or they'll call you, a, you know, you're just delusional. You know, you don't live in the real world. And like, you're, always, you're always so positive. It just irritates me. Well, join me. Come over here. It's better. Right? But we must not let the world's negativity... Talking death and defeat and failure and all that stuff pull us down into the muck. Uh, we need, as we can, help people pull them up out of it, right? Yes. With us. And, and it's that choice to believe. It's that choice to expect good. Looking to him. So uh, they murmured, but God still, he made the bitter water sweet. And in uh, the third one, the fourth one, I won't go through all of them, it takes time, but all the way through the tenth one down to Kadesh Barnea, every time there was a challenge, they chose to doubt. They chose to question. They chose to fear. They chose to disobey. And finally, by the tenth time at Kadesh Barnea, and that's when they went, the spies went into the land, came back and brought the fruit and... Um, uh, Joshua and Caleb said, man, it's wonderful. Let's go get it. And it made everybody mad because the rest of the folks said, we can't. It's too hard. Giants are too big. Walls are too tall. We can't do it. And um, that's when it all came to a head. And that's when we said in yesterday's class, a refusal to believe, a defiant, rebellious, uh, disobedient unbelief will eventually be judged it will eventually cost that person blessings. Did it cost them the plan of God for their lives? It did. Did it cost them the promised land? Did it cost them their houses, their wells, their vineyards, their flocks, their independence, their freedom, their prosperity? It cost them. It cost them dearly. Instead of that, life of freedom, Life of abundance in the promised land, they, they lived the rest of their years in the desert, going around in circles in a dry, desolate existence, just subsistence. And they blamed God and they blamed Moses, but it wasn't Moses' fault. It wasn't God's fault. God's plan was for them to already been in the promised land, enjoying it. But see, that's another characteristic of unbelief. It won't take responsibility because it is unwilling to repent. And if you won't do that, then whose fault is it? Well, it must be Moses' fault. 
It's Aaron's fault. It's God's fault. Lies. And, that, and that's what gets a person stuck. That's how months become years, become decades, and you miss the whole plan of God for your life. And, and can you see it's hardness? Hardening your heart. Can you see why he keeps on saying? He kept repeating it. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Don't harden your heart. Why you got to keep saying that? Because what were, that's what they were doing. Instead of humbling yourself and repenting. Could they, even after they messed up so terribly, three times, five times, eight times, could they have still gotten into the promised land and enjoyed the Yeah, they could. If they'd have done what? Humble themselves. Is that right? Humble themselves. And maybe, maybe something comes up and they're in the middle of griping again and murmuring and blaming Moses and, and challenging God and demanding that he prove something to them. If they'd have come to realization and thought, what am I doing? What are we doing? After all God's done for us and fell down. Is that right? On their faces and please God forgive me. I've been a fool. Is that right? I've been a fool. Only a fool would act like you're not here and you haven't done all these things. We saw these things. Could it, could it have changed? Could it have turned around? And in a matter of months, they could have been in their new house. Is that right? Over in the promised land and enjoyed the rest of their days in freedom and prosperity and victory. But it wasn't God's fault that they perished in the, in the desolate wilderness. It was their choice. Why are we talking about that? Because that's exactly what's going on today throughout the entire earth. There are many people who say, well, God don't even exist. And there are others. It's interesting about some of these people because they try to act intellectual and they'll say, well, there's no scientific proof of God. Yeah, nothing except the gravity holding your feet to the ground <laughs> and the oxygen in your nose, everything around you. But anyway, the, people will say that. And then when stuff goes wrong, sometimes you, you, you hear them cry out, oh, God, oh, who? Oh, who? Come on, who who you calling? Well, no, it's just a figure of speech. Well, why use that figure if it's not even relative to anything? Oh, my God. What? Who? Who talking to? And even they're mad at God. Now, hold on. How can you be mad at something that don't exist for something he didn't do for you? See, it's just, it's dishonesty. It's uh, any number of things except the truth. But uh, unbelief is perhaps the worst thing that could happen to you. That's a big statement, I know. But the worst condition that you could be in. Because that's why people are going to miss heaven. Does it get more serious than that? Uh-uh. That's why, go with me if you would to uh, John, the third chapter. We saw in, in Hebrews in our text, in, in the chapter 3, you also find it again in the fourth chapter, they couldn't enter in because of unbelief. They entered not in because of unbelief. It wasn't the giants, wasn't the walls, it was the unbelief that kept them out of God's plan and God's promise. 
why is that still true today? See, we're not just talking about ancient history. Mm -mm. The very same thing is happening today. People are being kept out, even of heaven. Kept out of heaven. And in this life, kept out of the plan of God and the blessings of God and the help of God. In John 3, we're familiar with this, but let's go over it again. You may, might notice something different. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What's God's will? Everlasting life, right? Yes. Eternal life. That's not just eternal existence. That's eternal experience of life as God has it. It's a quality of existence. Not just a term. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. Tell me what God's will is. That people be saved. And what? Have eternal life. Is that true or not? God's will. That's, what is the will of God? That's it. Verse 18. He that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes not, that's an unbelief, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. What determines who gets the will of God? Who gets uh, saved? Who gets eternal life? Whether you believe or whether you don't. Is it true? Yes. Verse 36. He that believes on the Son has everlasting life. Is that you? Yes. How many raise a hand and said out loud, I believe, I believe in, the Son of God. in the Son of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He that believes on the Son, well then what else? You have, have, present tense, everlasting life. It's in you. Even though your body is growing older, inside the inner man, you will never die. And by that, we don't just mean you won't cease to exist. You will never be separated from God who is life. You will experience life as God has it. Through the eons to come. You ought to say praise God. Is that right? Glory. Woo. Glory to God. And why is that? Why are you favored with such an amazing thing? Not because you've known everything or did everything right or were better than everybody else. Why? Because you believe. Is that right? You believe. You chose to believe. In Mark 16, we, we don't, you, don't turn, you don't have to turn there, but Mark 16, 15, he said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes... And is baptized, acts on that belief and makes a public confession of that belief, will be saved. He that what? Believes, Believes not. not what? Will be robbed. Is that right? Yeah. Just like they were robbed. Can you see that these stories are not just ancient stories? They're not fantasies and they're not just, they are history, but they're not just history. They paint 
very specific graphic pictures of the future for everybody. Just like that first generation, even though God delivered them through spectacular miracles, and it was His will, the Bible said, from the foundation of the world, it was His will for them to go in. He had had that plan for them a long time. And yet, none of that first generation enjoyed it. None of them went in except for. I like saying that, don't you? Except for two old boys. Is that right? And by the time it happened, they were old boys. <laughs> Joshua, is that right? And Caleb, why? Because the Bible said about Caleb, he had another spirit. He had a different spirit. Why? He made a different choice. Is that right? He chose to believe. He chose to trust. This is not about being religious. This is about life and death. This is about heaven and hell. Right? This is about living in victory or being totally defeated your whole life. So, it goes on to say, he that believes, in Mark 16, 16, he'll be saved. But he that believes not, what? Won't be saved. Will be condemned. Will be judged. Now this is as serious as it gets. That's why I say, unbelief is the worst condition a human being could be in. That's not overstating it. Because unbelief can rob you, not just of blessings and the plan of God on the earth, it can rob you of the plan of God for you after this life. After this life. And and there's no question, that's the worst possible thing that could happen to a human being, that you would be robbed of being in the family of God robbed of experiencing life as God has it throughout the eons and separated from him and placed with his enemies in darkness and death. Somebody say, may it not be. be. Say it out loud, I choose to believe. believe. And we don't know who's watching, but if you've not confessed Jesus, you ought to do it right now. Make that choice, that decision to believe. Everybody said out loud, I do. I believe in God and in His Son that He came, He died on the cross, paid for my sins, and that He's been raised from the dead, alive right now, King of kings, Lord of lords, soon to come again. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life, my Savior, my Redeemer, my everything. I have faith in you. Thank you for saving me and giving me everlasting life. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 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 Yeah, this is not just debating about theological questions. This is life and death. This is heaven and hell. And it's about the choice. It's about the decision. I'm so glad you made the right one today. Let us know. Write us, email us, contact us, call us. Let us know. We'll celebrate with you. We'll shout with you. Well, our time's up again today. We come back tomorrow. 
There will be more to see here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.